It's another Ian Collins wants a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi Mirage. In English, we call the number zero, nil, naught, nada, zilch. With three years 0% APR representative finance, plus three years free servicing on a new Mirage, we just call that a great deal. So we start with another letter. Oh. I like it when we start with a letter. Uh, Ian and Kev, uh, the other week you played a radio outtake that made me laugh so loudly my left testicle dislocated itself. <laughs> I, I had to go to hospital to have my bits rebalanced. Can that actually happen? I believe it can, yeah. Medical condition. Dislocated testicle. Yeah. He says, uh, do you, perchance, have any similar clips from your cupboard of comedy joy? What? <laughs> you mean like this? Good morning, Linda and Netherfield. Thank you very much indeed. Juan King, who is listening in Glasgow, very likely. It's a lovely and sunny day there, and I'm delighted. Juan King. Beautiful. Ian Collins wants a word. Uh, welcome. Bienvenue and all that. Yeah. You smell lovely Welcome. today, Petal. Very kind of you. Yeah, you smell nice. That's very, I see what that is. Very um, metrosexual of you. Yeah. I can say that. that. You're, yeah, you're fine. I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't feel threatened by that. I don't think, like, you've said that, so the next step is you <laughs> me off. <laughs> because, well, as a man of the 21st century, I understand right. that was just a very sort of intelligent male-to-male... What are you doing? Get, get off! Get off! Oh, come on. It's Christmas. <laughs> In a few months. Yeah, I'm very excited about that as well. Usually you smell of chips. So. <laughs> That's right, I just smell of chips. McCain's. Have we got some opening questions, Kev? Uh, it's questions and feedback via social media and um, stuff written on the back of a napkin in a branch of Cafe Nero. Tim says, I'm only 19, but a big fan of ancient music hall fogey Arthur Askey. <laughs> <laughs> so I was delighted to hear him at the beginning of episode 93. However... If you play more of that song, he uses a highly offensive term. And in light of BBC DJs being sacked for their record choices, I thought you should be made aware. Does he? He does. And we're going to play it. I'm and really... we're going to censor the word because we don't want to offend people. But this is it here. Anyway. Okay. I am going to give you rather a recital this evening, Playmates. So in case any of you have switched off by the time I've finished, I'll take this opportunity of bidding you good night while we're friends. <laughs> good night, Granny dear. Good night. Sleep well. Pleasant dreams. Good night, you grumbling old fan. Well, now, uh... well... Well, that could be misinterpreted, I but suppose. But I don't think it meant that then. Because I don't think that word then meant that then. Uh, obviously, Arthur's dead. Uh, so we couldn't get in touch Is with him. Is he? Yeah. When did this happen? A while ago. This very day? He died in instalments. Oh. However, we can't, so we can't get in touch with him. Or so you'd think. Uh, but we spoke to Doris, our resident psychic, who, um, who got in touch with Arthur... And we asked him for a comment, and he told me to f*** off. So, there you go. All right, Arthur. From Blue, in Blue Water. Was The Good Life a funny sitcom? For that matter, was Some Mothers Do Have Them a funny sitcom? Uh, the Good Life was all right. Some Mothers I never liked. The Good Life, yeah, The Good Life is quite a good sitcom, actually. Uh, it's quite, it, it sort of kind of stands the test of time. Ahead a bit. of its time, very Yeah, much. very much. Yeah. So I think that's still nicely written and good. I, I can't remember who wrote The Good Life. It was me, I did it. That's right. Sideshow Kev wrote the good. Line. Yeah, I'll take the credit. Used to come around that little petal. Do, do, on the do. Some of us do have them, 
Yes and no. I, I thought he was quite funny uh, in certain situations, you know, the roller skating and, and stuff like that. Uh, but um, actually, if you watch it back now, it's, it's quite painful in places. But then I always think with that, it's sort of like if you had Michael Crawford doing those things, but he's in his 70s, then it's just last of the summer wine, isn't it? Really, it's crazy stunts and baths and in trucks and... But, yeah, but last of the summer one had a slower pace. But it is—it's one. Of, I tell you what it is. It's because for some reason, certain sitcoms when they're repeated, um, so, so uh, the Good Life will be repeated, but that will still be sort of on prime time. Whereas for some reason, prime got, time on BBC Two, maybe. Yeah, it would BBC yeah. Two, and some others do have them. Usually got it in my head like five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon on BBC Two. Yeah, they'll put it on there, and every now and again you're channel hopping, and there will be a moment. There'll be a laugh out loud moment. You think that is very very funny, mm. but then there'll be other stuff you look back at and you think actually it's the, the set, the wobbly sets, the forgetting of the lines. It's chronic. Yeah, for some reason I was put in mind of tea time on a Saturday. <laughs> I carry on laughing with Jim Dale on the stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> It was a clip show on on a Saturday night on clips, ITV. Yes. Just bizarre. Well, I know we've spoken about that before, but it just it's incredible. What I like about that is, and I'd love to get Jim Dale on this podcast. He's an incredibly talented bloke. Yeah. But what I like about that is that he clearly did that stunt. Yeah. Um, I don't know where or how, but he clearly did. As distinct from Barbara Windsor on the roof, who didn't really do that stunt. No. But what a nice stunt. Uh, from Tina, who is married to Steve. Okay. Which is a bit more information than we needed. Yes. What the f*** is the deal with bees? I thought they were meant to be dying out, but I've been stung three times this year already. I blame Ed Balls. Ed Balls? Ed Balls? Ed Balls? But bees. Bees. Yeah, I've got a bit of a bee situation. I've got a bee situation. Uh, in my garden, next to my garage, we seem to have a, uh, a beehive. Not wasp nest, a beehive. As they're busy buzzing... Buzzy bees. Oh, what a glorious thing to be a healthy grown up. Not now, Arthur! I'm going to have to call a man to get rid of it before the honey starts dripping everywhere and, you know, oh, what a mess. I've got the same situation. What a, what a wonderful piece of serendipity to have on a broadcast like, like this. Um, <laughs> however, it's in my house. Uh, it's coming from the sort of loft area. It's a strange room where the loft is kind of a room off a room. Right. Anyhow, um, we discovered this, and then the other day I went up there because I thought, because I, I kept the door closed, I didn't want them to, if they come in again, I don't want them flying around the house. And I was in on my own, nobody else was around, it was all quiet, and I kind of crept up the stairs, and I could hear a, a distant buzz. And it was just a, a very light buzz, and as I sort of, it was kind of like horror flick stuff, and as I got closer, I thought, I can hear it, it's getting slightly louder. And I've got a, a map a framed map that is yet to be hung on the wall, and it's leaning against the the back window right. of, of this room. Mm. And that's where the buzzing was coming from. I approached it. Gradually, I crept. I thought, what do you do here? Because if there's anything behind there, there must be something, because I can hear the buzz clear of the honeybees. Something bad might be going on, and you know, what, what, what if? And I'm, by this stage, I can feel the hair on the back of my neck standing up a little bit, and I approach, and I gradually put my hand up and I pull back and look and I realise it's covered in probably about 50 bees they're all on the back of this thing now that was scary enough but what matched that scare was the fact that my dog is stupid yep but she's a little black 
and golden spaniel, essentially the same colour as a bee. <laughs> what I didn't know is that she was behind me. So having <laughs> shat myself at 50 bees, I turned around thinking I'd just seen a giant bee. <laughs> It wasn't a pleasant experience, Kev, I can tell you. But then, So there was that moment where I let go of the thing, and yeah. then, of course, that disturbed them a bit. Uh, we still haven't solved this problem, by the way. The right. bees are, are kind of still... I don't, we don't know where they're coming from. Right, well, here's the question. Have we been set up? Is there someone going around planting beehives? Some, maybe someone who doesn't like the podcast. I'm hearing a lot about bees. The only thing I did hear about bees is that once they've been in one nest, they won't come back the next year. Right. Well, you've got to get through this year yet, haven't you? Well, yeah. And these are quite dopey. You know that they always go, they're a bit d- dopey bees. Unless you open a window and usher them out, they won't fly. They just settle either on the carpet or, or in this case, on the back of this um, this map. And they weren't buzzing off anyway. And because they're bees, not wasps, they're not there to try and sting you. I'm not really scared of them, but I don't really want 50 of them in a room. And nor do I want my dog impersonating <laughs> one either. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, yeah. From... Manny Bentos, the big bad bricky from Belvedere. <laughs> the other day, you did a best of show for the first time in 90 odd episodes. Can you do that every week? It was your best show today. No, it oh, wasn't. I agree with no, that. it was it not. It was a fantastic it was a piece of work. It was a shocker. I get stuck in traffic. I can't make it in. I phone in to say, like you would in any job. For some reason, in this job, you're not meant to do it. I phone in and say, look, I can't get there. I'm stuck in traffic. Can we do a best of? Okay. Now, I'm thinking, we've had on this podcast. Over the time, everybody from David Icke, James May, Miles Jupp, Justin Morehouse, and all these great people on, I thought, surely if Kev's going to cobble together a best-off show, we'll have all those kind of characters, you know, the big names for the world of comedy and showbiz and entertainment, we'll be able to get all some controversy with Alex Jones, I think all those delicious interviews that, that we could good, yeah. throw. Yeah. yeah, it sounds really good. What do we get instead? Three episodes of Sideshow Kev's Shoebox of Shat. Yeah, but look at the response we got. Yeah, Twitter nearly exploded. It did. In fact, your account nearly got put in Twitter jail. They thought you were trolling people. No, they actually heard the podcast and just wanted to lock me up somehow and couldn't That's do it That's probably physically. what it was. That's probably what it was. So, thank you, Manny. Uh, if there is another one, I'll be making it. <laughs> Not Kev. Well, I'll hire Andre privately. Ooh. From Factual Francis. Did you know Donald... Again, I, I know we mentioned him uh, last week, but people just seem to pick up on things. Factual Francis says, Did you know Donald Sindon suffers from negative buoyancy? This means he can't float in water. What? I don't know if that's true or not. It's not like Eric Bristow having dartitis. Well, yeah, but the thing is that Eric Bristow is known for darts. Donald Sindon isn't known for swimming or or being in a pool. It's just like he he just. I so hang on, what? So what? He's got what? Negative, Negative buoyancy. buoyancy. So what that means he can't float. Yeah, he can't float. What's he made of? Then? Well, that's just it. <laughs> Uh, Stu, Edinburgh Stu, says, I thought you two Herberts were meant to be coming to Edinburgh this year to do oh, yeah. a show. Ah, yeah. I've checked the listings, and I can see nothing about this. The boy with tape on his face is back, though. How funny is that, old chap? Have you seen the boy with tape on his face? I think so. I think he's New Zealand. It's kind of... What I don't know, and I'm sure he... Because he probably listens to this, and I think he'll be probably yawning, thinking, oh, not that old question again. Because the question is, once you've seen the boy with tape on his face... You, and it's it's very good and it's very well done. You kind of scratch your head a bit and go, that's good, but I don't know what he would do. You know, if I came to see him again, I don't know what he would do that was different to that. So it'd be sort of pretty much the same. This is the guy who just sits there with a C90 on his nose, right? No, 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 it's oh. tape tape. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's oh, not right. a cassette tape. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, not a TDK. No. It's like masking tape right over his mush. 
Oh, yeah, and he does some sort of routines, and a lot of it is done. You know, it's quite arty because he's doing all you know, sort of facial stuff with his eyes and his eyebrows and his hands, and it's it is very very good. It's very well done. But I don't know what he'd do next. And he's clearly well, according to Stu, in Edinburgh again, um, and which he will sell out if he's in Edinburgh. But we are not in Edinburgh. No, uh, but we did get invited to go to Edinburgh, but we had an issue with flyers that we frankly couldn't surmount. Well, yeah, and we we people sort of occasionally say, what about this live show that you made us? <laughs> no, we'll do it. That you promised. Well, I, I'm not the one who decided to have a baby as we were planning it, but, you know, that's fine. Fair dues. That's good. Okay. But maybe young Sandy could be part of the show. I think that would be nice. Riding your bee-like dog in at the beginning. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> it's a baby on a dog. <laughs> yeah, dressed as a bee. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Hugh Jackass says... Have you seen the new 24? It's set in rough London, like where I imagine Andre lives. Well, Andre lives on a houseboat at the moment, but that's a story we'll get into next week. Um, I haven't seen it, but I, I, the thing about 24 is, I've got to be honest, I, um, I have the first season on DVD, I've watched the first three episodes of it, and then I ran out of time, and I haven't really gone back into the world yeah, of 24. You, but I intend to. You need a day. I've uh, I've watched one and a half episodes of three that have been out so far of this one. Okay. And they do a couple of things. So if you know London, there's a little bit of that. Oh, look, he's in East London. But he's just walked out of a door and popped out in West London. You know that yeah. continuity thing they do. Are there red phone boxes all over the place? There's a bit of that. A few yeah. uh, policemen saying, evening all. Yeah. Has he run across Tower Bridge yet? Not yet, but that can only it's be coming, a matter of... T- it's coming, of course yeah. it is. Of course it is, yeah. And... Uh, the one I haven't watched the record, Stephen Fry is in it, isn't so he? I've heard, yeah. as the Prime Minister, yeah. um, which I haven't yet seen, but I did notice him on the credits at the beginning. So I might have to watch it through just to clock Fry. Uh, and finally, Esther, from Kelly Marie in Wavertree. Now that the Carphone Warehouse and Dixons are merging, is David Icke's One World Order a step closer? That's a good point. I actually had a conversation about this. It's uh, Dixon's group, isn't it, that own yeah. Curry's and PC World? Well, Dixon still exists at airports. So what happens when Amazon buy that group? I'm not an analyst. So so what happens... Okay, what's that electronic shop? Mat, uh, what's the name? Maplin? Maplin, Maplin. Matalan, that's another place. Right. So Maplin get purchased by... So the Dixon's group, uh, Carphone Warehouse, are one big group. that makes them quite a big force, I'd imagine, European-wide as well. So they're, they're big, and then they buy Maplin as well, so that becomes one... Massive group, and there's not. Re- I can't think of another really high street. Can you electrical place anymore other than that? Because be Tandy, didn't there? But Tandy, that Rumblos, that all went. Rumblos, all gone. Radio Rental, Radio Fusion, all disappeared. Anyway, so that becomes one big group, and then Amazon by that. There is a point when, and it's the Karl Marx thing, isn't it? The end game of competition is the end of competition, right? Which is true. You eventually, you know, you have people uh, like Murdoch and the like banging on about the monopoly of the BBC when Murdoch's own plan would involve eventually becoming a monopoly because you want to buy up all the competition you eventually get all the competition there's only you so at some point you can kind of see that bearing in mind anything you put into a search engine the first thing that comes up doesn't matter what it is is amazon on yeah. it as a search and you can nearly always buy it and buy it in, within a day if you order it at the right time so given that that's probably going to happen does that mean david ike is right so we will have one store we go to for everything no i don't think so either if you've got any questions you want to uh, put our way, kev at onceaword.com, ian at onceaword.com. Later, by the way, we're talking to the actor David Westhead uh, about a project that involves Wembley, Soweto and Brazil. Exciting. It is. 
And here we go, everybody. Uh, it is back after a couple of weeks' break. It's random acts of irrational annoyance, the little things in life that do your head in. Uh, technically irrelevant, but they still drive you to distraction. Kev. I have two. And I, I don't quite get this, and I don't think we've done this one before, but it does irritate me. You know when you'll see, um, and it could be one of those TV talking head shows, where, you know, I love the 1980s, or mm. I love the 90s. You've done a few. Yeah. You know, you would sort of be Ian Collins' broadcaster. It's when you see someone you've never heard of, or is known as a model or something else, or a page three girl, and is described as, you know, broadcaster, or actor, or author, or... <laughs> that does happen. Or the ubiquitous one, TV presenter. Yes. Appearing on one of these shows doesn't make you a TV presenter. That's but true. tell me what the f*** you presented if you're going to call yourself that. Don't just say, well, I'm a TV presenter, because I want to be on the television. Yeah, that is the kind of catch-all phrase now, isn't it? TV presenter. You know, I'd, I'd like to be an MP. I wouldn't, really. But I can't put my job description as Sideshow Kev, <laughs> Member of Parliament. Yeah. You know why? Because it's a lie. Because it why. wouldn't be true. It wouldn't be true. Fair dues. Uh, and the other one is when you're on holiday, and people who, not even iPhones, People who use iPads as their holiday camera. Oh, yeah, what's that all about? Don't do that. It looks ridiculous. If they're walking... Not only does it look ridiculous, it's irresponsible. Because if they're walking around an old temple, they're going to walk into you because they've got a face full of pad. So, just stop it. Go and buy a camera. A camera's cheaper than an iPad. It's less likely to get nicked by someone on a motorbike. um, And you won't look like a twat as you're wandering around. Chris Shaw says on Twitter, he says, the smug delusion of the marketing team behind the Confused.com robot. Now, <laughs> he says, hashtag, that it's not a meerkat, it's just annoying. So I, I don't I, I don't know the commercial, but is I the do. commercial trying to take the piss out of the meerkat? No, it's just, it's meant an attempt to sort of have a, a cute icon that people can get behind. Oh, I see. And it's, it's not. It's so in the irritating. same way that, oh, I, yeah. So in the same way the meerkat thing is like, just blown away people. Well, you've got the meerkat thing, which took off. You've yeah. got the, um, the go, you know, the Go Compare Opera singer that everyone thought was awful yep. and then they turned uh, it into something where it's meant to be awful and then they went that way. The robot is an attempt to sort of get into that sort of Get sphere. into that territory. And it's just annoying. Okay. Dazza says, interviewees that start their answer with no, yes, or yes, no. Normally footballers, uh, but it seems to be catching on. That's very true. That yes, is very true. no. No. Listen is another one. Listen. Listen. That's just, I, I, It's like taking a breath, isn't it? Listen. Yeah. Listen. We're opening a can of worms here. We are. This isn't from Adam. Uh, the phrase to die for. Really? If you're prepared to die for a piece of cake, you're a bit of a quabble. <laughs> I think he's right. Uh, this isn't from Mark. I like this because it's well observed. And I hadn't really thought about it until he mentioned it. He says, recently I've noticed an increase in people doing something odd when they try to end a conversation early. They double tap a desk, wall, door or any solid surface. Uh, usually prefix this double tap with the words anyway. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. And why does this bother me? I don't know. Anyway, got to go. Got to go. Yeah. See ya. That's right. Funny. That's it. That Good. is odd. Yeah. Anyway, why can't these people just say, OK, got to go. See you later. Or the classic yet subtle, sorry, you're boring the f*** <laughs> out of me. I'm off. <laughs> yeah. Fair point, Mark. I'm got to go there. Yeah. Good work. This in from Mick the Brave in Egypt. People on Twitter who tell you, or me, tell you that you look like Ronnie Cray or Clark Kent based <laughs> on nothing more than your glasses. Are these like racists but less harmful? It's just <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Every time. I did BBC Breakfast the other day. Yeah. And a guy said uh, that I look like John Shuttleworth. John Shuttleworth. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I can kind—I of, can kind of see where he's coming from. Well, just... yeah. Apart from John Shuttleworth being about 
40 years older than me. There is yes, that, yeah. There is that. But really, it was just the glasses, wasn't it? Uh, and his the slicked hair, I think. Yeah, but then, apparently, I also looked like Clark Kent and Ronnie Cray, based on all of the same attributes. And Arthur Askey. Is it offensive? Uh, asked Mick. No, no, not really. It's it's a bit odd. It is a bit odd. Because it would be nice if... It, it's odd that anybody thinks you are trying to look like... like why would I try to look like Ronnie Cray? Strange choice. Yeah. No, of course it's not offensive. Um, but it is a bit weird. I think sometimes a bit weird. Because I wouldn't say to somebody who I thought looked all right, oh, look, you look like someone else entirely. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Josh in Blackpool says, the man who decided to vomit in my wheelie bin annoys me. He must have done this the night before the hottest day of the year. So by the afternoon when I eventually opened the bin, I assumed several dead piglets lurked inside. Oh. If only merely the contents of a Lancashire pisshead's Friday night belly. At least he didn't go in your car. Yeah, that's not good, is it? I had some baked beans thrown at my car once. Did you? Why? Oh, I think what probably happened is that some like people on night out had gone, right, we've got a can of beans, let's open it and lob them over a car yeah. as we drive past. And there was me and two or three other cars down the road that got beaned. I, I uh, was waiting for a bus once and someone lobbed an egg at me. <laughs> it missed. Did it? Yeah, but it's obviously they bought an egg. And I'm just thinking, if you've got the beans and I've got the egg, then that's you're two-thirds of a way to a nice breakfast there, really, aren't you? <laughs> you were helping us out. If anybody has had bacon or sausages <laughs> thrown at them at any point, let us know, because we can get this thing going, I think. No, I think that would work nicely. Yeah. Forget the Trussell Trust and their food banks. <laughs> Something we used to do um, was, uh, when we all learned to drive, um, so we'd drive down the motorway, and whoever was sitting in the back would have a catapult and some squares of jelly, right. which you Oof. would attempt to fire at the sign, the big signs, because it made the greatest comedy <laughs> noise <laughs> you can imagine. And it sort of echoed across several lanes of a motorway. Uh, I know what I'm doing on my way home. Catapult and Chivers Jelly. Uh, Darren in Nottingham says, Can I no nominate my dad as an annoyance who thought it would be a fun idea to buy my girlfriend some La Senza underwear for her birthday? Oh. To be fair, he did this as a joke but it simply got lost in translation. Therefore, lots of uncomfortable people sat slightly bewildered in a restaurant as she tore open a gift from her potential father-in-law. Hashtag not nice. No. Yeah, how do you make that a gag? And Luke, the Grimsby docker, says, my round, do you still get dockers in Grimsby? This is my random act of a rational answer of people who work in kitchens and places like Weatherspoons and Beefeater but call themselves chefs. Yes. You're not a chef, you're a cook. One that mostly heats stuff up. Tasty as it might be, you're hardly Gordon f***ing Ramsay, so <laughs> shut up. And this is the longest hashtag ever. Hashtag, they should be made to wear red uniforms to distinguish themselves from proper chefs. Hey. I like that. Good work. If you've got any random acts of irrational annoyance, send them through to us. Uh, Ian at wantsaword.com. Kev at wantsaword.com. Still to come, we talk Soweto and Wembley, and also a bit of this. And you know, I like to flatter you. I mean, your taste is obviously impeccable, and you know what you want from life, which is exactly why you should be driving a Mitsubishi Shogun. And the good news is, you can now save up to £5,000 on this ultimate 4x4, with prices starting from just 26199 and 0% finance available across the range. You've just got to check it out for yourself. Pop by mitsubishi-cars.co.uk slash shogun for some very special offers. Shogun, always capable, surprisingly affordable. So, Kev, what do we got? Ah, 
Well, I've, I've been concerned about you recently. I've been concerned about your health. Thank you. You know, you've, you've been through a lot of stuff, and you've been sort of yeah. like, you look peaky, and then you look better, and then you're glowing, and, yeah, right. and you smell nice and things. So I'd like to invite you into, if you can, if you don't mind, well, if don't you mind. please, Dr. Sideshow's non-licensed, at-your-own-risk clinic. Okay. Andre, stick on some medical music, but preferably not from a television program, as that costs a little bit more. So something maybe a little bit generic with a siren at the beginning would be perfect. Thanks, mate. Body parts. Okay. Body parts, in reality, have kind of daft names. Because, you know, you're yes. used to calling your arm your arm or your leg your yeah, leg. Yeah. But the medical term for it might not it's be arm. Other medical, yeah, yeah. And it right, might yeah. not be leg. Yeah, yeah, different, all different, isn't it? For example, yes. Do you know what your filtrum? Where's your, your filtrum? Filtrum. Filtrum. Is that nasal based? It is. It's the bit between your lip and your nose. That, that little yes, bit there. That little groove. That's right, your filtrum. Like the Russian president, Vladimir. That's it. Vladimir filtrum. That, that's exactly it. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a body part. Okay. Not like that. Anyway, I'm going to give you a body part. You just have to tell me if it's an actual body part name or one I've just made up just now. Okay. For example, the axilla. The axilla. The axilla, I think, is an actual bodily part. Do you? Yes. What do you think it might be? I think it's probably somewhere uh, at the bottom of your back. It's back-based. Back-based? Yeah, axilla. It's got axle. So axle suggests support. So I will go back hips... Hips, bottom of the back, coccyx kind of area. Ah. Yeah, you've hurt your coccyx and you've bruised your axilla as well. It's right. all there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you're right, it is a real one. Get in there, Collins. But it's your armpit. Is it? Yes. Okay. The rhombut seat. The rhombut seat. The rhombut seat. I think the rhombut seat is your second anus. It's <laughs> made up, I'm afraid. Is it? Yeah. The rhombut seat. The rhombut seat. I was thinking it might be the area just above your arsehole. You know that bit, just you know where there's nothing, just yeah. like in that sort of groove bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, phalanges. phalanges, phalanges, made, made up, not real. Really? Yeah. Incorrect. Real? Fingers. Your fingers. Are your phalanges. phalanges. Oh, stop it. Yeah, your phalanges. Yeah. But a phalange, you know, phalange, giving, phalange mouse. Giving someone your phalange in the street. Yeah. Is yeah okay. I'll get you arrested. It might well. Do. Shat splink. <laughs> That's totally made up. It is. But what a lovely idea. Where would your shat splink be? I like to think it would be the, uh, you know, the skin that grows just around the fingernail, just at the bottom. Yeah, yeah that would be your shat splink. Yeah. I need to go get my uh, my nails done. My yeah. shat splink's looking a bit ragged. The medulla oblongata. <laughs> that sounds as if it's true, but I don't know what it is. It is true. Okay. It's the part of the brain used for digesting. Nice. And shitting. Is that right? Yeah. Well, there's a bit of the brain that tells you to do that. There's a bit of your brain that sort of works all that out. Just that specific bit doesn't tell you how to wee. Well, it probably does tell okay. you how to wee. But it's in charge. It's, it's the digestion department. Oh, okay. You know, it's in yeah. charge of, you know. Yeah, right. Okay. In and out. It's like a sort of brain post office. Good work. The, um, pork wand. Pork wand. <laughs> pork wand. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it's not true. It's not true. Do you want to know what I thought it might be? What? Gentleman's leg. Weenus! It's true. Is it? Yes. It is. What I, don't, is it? I don't know what it is. It's the loose skin on your elbow. We you know your elbow, that's your weenus. Your weenus. Yeah, weenus. Hmm. Finally, Esther. 
Norksables. Sorry, say again. Norksables. Norks? Norksables. 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 Norksables is probably uh, strange enough to be true, but using reverse psychology, factoring in a bit of mischief to the power of dodge pottery, um, bearing in mind in the context of the once a word establishment and house style, I would have to say false. It is false. Get in there, Lucy. Um, I will tell you what I imagine it might be because, you know, I can imagine. Thank you, Kev. Tits. So, Kev, I promised you a bit of a treat. Oh, yeah. I said we would nurture your social conscience and we can kill two birds with one stone here. And the person to help us do that, uh, actor David Westhead is with us, everybody. How are you, David? I'm very well, Ian. How are you? Yeah, we're good at this end. Uh, we're very excited to have you on uh, for a start, uh, because apart from the fact that you were you were actually in The Iron Lady, weren't you? I was in The Iron Lady. You're absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, you see. I mean, that's obviously not why we've got you on, but the fact that you were <laughs> I was in... I it was a, a very fleeting appearance. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's all right, isn't it? Fleeting is OK. Fleeting's good. Fleeting's yeah, very good. Fleeting. I do fleeting very well. Yeah. Where did you fleet in The Iron Lady? I fleeted as um, uh, a character that was sort of loosely based on Reg Benton, essentially yelled at Meryl Streep in the House of Commons for Fantastic. a bit. That's all right, though, isn't it? Yeah, could be yelling. Bit... She's very nice. What a lovely lady you, she is. Yeah, so you, you, you work with Meryl Streep, you get to yell, it's House of Commons, it's, the, you know, it's an Oscar-winning film, so there's, there's, what's not to like about that? Somebody? Exactly, all in a day's work. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Or more recently, of course, with Hugh Bonneville in W1A. That's right, yeah. yeah. That was more than fleeting. That was more than fleeting, yeah, absolutely. That was more than fleeting, although they, they found it very difficult to find clips of me not swearing in it. So um, <laughs> whenever I end up on uh, chat shows or what have you, um, they always have to do some sort of rehash job because uh, yes. I think every single sentence <laughs> I said a rude word. That is the trouble, <laughs> isn't it, when I've spoken to actors before, that if you're in something that is, and of course it's all, you know, with a, with a show like that that's credible and successful, but, and it's all in context, but if you want to show a clip of it, it's almost impossible to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And also, when your mum and dad are 85, they, they, they sort of end up apologising to all their neighbours <laughs> for their son's foul language. Yeah, that's the <laughs> trouble, <laughs> it's, it? it's pretend, yeah. you know. But, uh, no, it was a good, yeah, good gig, W1A. I loved it, yeah. It's funny, a friend of mine, she was in a, a play, and I don't know why she didn't warn her family of this, but uh, <laughs> in the... So her family... This is the opening night. Family go along to the play, and everybody's there, and we're all there, all the friends and everything. And there's a scene that she forgot to mention to everybody where she has to have passionate sex with a man. And... <laughs> which is fine, but when your dad's sitting, like, seven feet away... Yeah, not good. How do you deal with that? I mean, it's, uh, there's no there's no way uh, there's no good way to deal with that, really, is there? No, close your eyes, think of England. And the yeah, I think that's about right. Of course, she didn't actually have sex with the man. It was just it was in the name yeah. of theatre and all the rest. In the name of, of art, yeah. In the name <laughs> of her art, indeed. So listen, but anyway, the reason we're speaking with you, um, which we're very excited about, because this is rather fascinating, is a project called Wembley to Soweto to Brazil. Yep. Uh, t- so, w- what is this, uh, and what's your involvement in it, David? Okay, well, in a nutshell, Wembley to Soweto started off as a project uh, with the backdrop of the 2010 World Cup in uh, South Africa, uh, where myself and a 
photographer called John Cole, uh, a New York photographer, went over to teach uh, eight disadvantaged kids from the townships of Johannesburg um, how to potentially feed a family with their camera. So these were kids who'd never seen a camera before in their lives, and uh, uh, John Cole trained them up to... um, to such a level that uh, one of them became a star photographer on the Johannesburg Sunday Times uh, and the youngest student ever taken on at the Market Photo Lab in Johannesburg, which is probably the world's leading photojournalist course. So we went out and thought, listen, this will be something that uh, might get, you know, a passport photographer or a wedding photographer out of it and somebody might make a couple of quid and at least it's, you know, it's worth doing and, uh, you know, showing what the World Cup means to those people in their communities turned into something that, you know, we never intended to repeat but the um you know it was received so well and the photographs were so good that people said well why don't you come back and do it in the uk which we did so we taught underprivileged kids from newcastle and cumbria and brighton and london uh we did an olympic project uh, with kids from the olympic boroughs and it sort of spiraled out of um well i think the word is it expanded exponentially ian and um so when we to Soweto to Brazil, I mean, the one thing we're not very good at is naming things. Um, so <laughs> when we to Soweto to Brazil yeah. um, is exactly the same course uh, done in the favelas of Sao Paulo, in fact, in Brazil, over yep. the course of the World Cup, uh, where we'll teach 10 kids from, uh, from Sao Paulo to learn how to take photographs. But the great thing about this particular time is that uh, we'll be taking kids from the previous courses from London and South Africa with us as teachers. So they'll be teaching their contemporaries That's in Brazil. Um, and, you know, four years ago, these kids who just arrived at, um, you know, on the course and... Yeah. Uh, and really ever taken a photograph so, before. So, uh, yeah, that's so what it is in a nutshell. They, 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 uh, take, they, they learn to tell almost their story through, through photography, in a way. That's exactly right. It was telling the stories of their communities, their lives, through photography. And, uh, you know, as we say, this is, this is not designed to t- turn all of them into photographers, but if they go on to use photography in any form of medium that might help them out, yeah. then great. But at the end of the day, they learn confidence, they learn life skills, they learn to work as a team. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the great thing is that, you know, they've gone on to make a living out of it. So yeah. uh, so we're hoping the same will happen in, um, in, in, in Brazil, certainly uh, you know, what a backdrop it's going to be with the World Cup going on over there. And, um, to, you know, it's also we go into communities where, you know, the, 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 the press won't be really going. They'll be sure. going to take pictures of footballers and, you know, uh, the outside of stadiums. They're looking for glamour. Stay on, exactly. And we yeah. stay on the ground with, the, you know, the, what the normal people are doing, sure. watching it in a bar or watching it in a house or watching it on a big screen and, um, and uh, you know, living the dream with them. And, um, yeah, it's something that really floats my mind. It's, it's fascinating. I'll tell you what I like about it as well, is that whenever you hear about charitable projects involving young people, somebody somewhere, and I don't know why this is, but it must have happened in sort of a local, fairly worthy council to start with, somebody always thinks that the only way to help a young person who's having trouble in their life is to stick them in a music recording studio. That seems to be... <laughs> yeah, don't worry, just make them make music. And yeah. that's just, for some reason, the automatic route to uh, the, the catch-all solution to any issues whereas <laughs> photography photography is something that actually isn't doesn't have to be the most expensive thing and it's not necessarily the first thing that young kids would necessarily think about but it, what, what a great way to explore uh, a, a new avenue and something that as you say can uh, can tell the story of their own uh, their own life their own community yeah, well, you're spot on. And the fact is that, you know, you know, cameras nowadays aren't that expensive. And, you know, obviously it would be the equivalent of somebody out there buying, you know, a Mercedes Benz yeah. or whatever. But for us to take cameras over and, um, you know, 
leave them with the kids at the end of the course so that they can continue their development. Um, you know, it's not like you... Uh, obviously, uh, my game is films, and, you know, training kids on films costs a fortune. You don't have the money to make the film in the first yeah, yeah. place. And uh, so with photography, it's, um, you know, it's an incredible, uh, it, you know, sort of eye-opener for them to see what they can what they can say in a single image. And, um, and it doesn't cost the earth to do it. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. I've now got in my head, I'm just wondering how many recording studios Hackney Council have paid for over the last 30 years. Probably, probably quite a few... <laughs> Well, the one that I love is the idea that we're all helping young people and we can tell this because there they are waving and smiling at us. Yeah, and you go, yeah, but what, <laughs> what, what did we actually do there? I'm not entirely yeah. sure, you know. So, yeah, this is, look, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. Of These kids, you know, carry on with us, keep coming around the world. And they're the ones who teach their contemporaries. And the exciting thing for me this time round is that we've got you know, one girl from uh, from Stratford East coming down, uh, one guy from, uh, from Soweto coming down. Uh, and in fact, a Brazilian girl that we taught in London against the backdrop of the Olympics is coming out to be our translator and teacher. Fantastic. So we've got three kids from all over the world coming out to teach kids that you know they've never met before, but we'll share so many similarities with um, from you know from a you know a, a background that maybe you know maybe they didn't get the best hand dealt to them in life, but you know I tell you what they really go for it now. Is there a website, David, that uh, people can go and have a look at to find out a little bit more about this? Absolutely, yeah. There's www.wembleytosoweto.com, uh, which has got stacks of the kids' photographs uh, and information about the project and what have you. And, um, you know, there's also a donate button on there if anybody sure. wants to uh, stick in a couple of quid. And... Um, at the moment, we're you know we're looking. Funnily enough, we're looking for any cameras that we can get to take out there because obviously what we like to do is leave the cameras on the ground with the kids in the community, so that there's no point in us going out and teaching and then the circus leaves town yeah. and everything goes. Indeed. So uh, you know, there's all the email addresses they can get in touch with us. And uh, but I mean, mainly go there and have a look at some sensational photographs. What I love about this project is you go look. These photographs could be displayed anywhere in the world, and nobody need even know that you know they were taken by 14 to 18 year olds who'd never seen a camera three weeks before. Um, so, yeah, go and have a look. Well, listen, David, thank you for coming on with us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Ian. I've really enjoyed it. No, it's been fabulous, and we will speak again. So I urge everyone to go to that website, of course. I'm sure we'll catch up again on this at some other point. But in the meantime, David Westhead, thank you, sir. Thank you, Ian. I really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Credit stream. And as if by magic, the podcast disappeared. Oh. There is another one, of course, next week. Very excited about that. Thanks for downloading. Thank you to our sponsors. Our sponsors are Mitsubishi Motors in the UK. You can Google them and find out stuff about them, like your local dealer offers galore. And if you want to help support this podcast, get over to iTunes to rate, review and subscribe. Music and stuff was by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech, who did some sterling work, I think. Agreed. All of our guests can be followed on Twitter. So can we. Go to Twitter, go to the Twitter, and follow us at Once a Word, spelt as you would imagine it would be. Oh, very good. Yeah. We are, of course, back next week. By the way, a bit of controversy. People thought we'd fired Abdul, uh, who does the catering. Yeah. Uh, we didn't fire him. He was ill. We got the people from the Wimpy in just for one episode. Uh, they've gone. Right. Now, thank you. Yeah. I'm pleased to say Abdul is back. Oh, well Abdul, Abdul, Abdul is back. He's back with the coffee shack. Thank you, Abdul. We're back in seven days with many, many things. Even Will Gnu might join <laughs> us. Until that time, goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. <laughs> Big Things! It's another Ian Collins Once a Word Fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi ASX. 
new car smell is composed of 50 different elements. The new Mitsubishi ASX smells lovely and is yours from just £14,999. That's nothing to sniff at. Take this bouquet, a raspberry from Arthur, with love. 